Welcome, bienvenue to the Fancy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fancy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. I set a couple intentions for myself here okay. for season seven. I think that we, this year, I would really like to mature a bunch of our older tools. So we've produced mm-hmm. a truly stunning amount of stuff over the years when you actually go back and look at it. Oh, yeah. And I would actually really like to bring these to polished production level this year. And really, the last few weeks have sort of solidified that that's possible, right? The tools are close. And the thing that we're going to talk about today... The tools are all close. They're all interesting. And now we just have to make it so that they're actionable or usable by other people. All the tools are really close. We have, over time, done a little bit more on quantity over quality. And sort of just what we're interested in at the time and then sort of yeah. work on it. And then it's like putters out. Yeah, I would really like to do that. We're both using Python. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're hamstrung. <laughs> hamstrung in early pods by that. <laughs> well, we... We were, we weren't. Um, I think we now have a better sense of how to deal with some of the relative path pieces sure. and Mac sure. and PC. I'm a little bit more confident in going between Mac and PC, especially now that I'm using both. Right. Uh, so, I, yeah, let's polish some stuff off. I would love to have more one-click solutions. Excellent. Year of polish. Good year. Nothing but in the meantime, polish. the reason that we started Season 7 is because the MLB is really back pitchers and catchers are really at spring training i'm really seeing pictures except for montas no longer there (laughs) we have our first immediate injury news of the season right after we talked about him pumped him up a little bit frankie montas uh not gonna pitch at all this year is that right or he's gonna Mm, uh, it's not unlikely that he will pitch before like august so it's unlikely that he's i'm i'm actually pretty bummed about that why oh were you really in on montas I was, actually. Did you give him a tutorial on how to make sure that steroids wouldn't show up in the system? What, how did you... uh, I, uh, I, well, I, I was excited about the move. Oh, I mean, yeah. You go from, if you have the production that you're having in Oakland, and yeah. then you move to a team that actually wins games, things usually get better for you. That's what I was hoping for. I mean, yeah. I think that one of the things that I'm constantly chasing in fantasy is wins, and, you know, we've, we've actually talked about this <laughs> for years. No, okay, no, 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 no. It's no. always, I'm always the, behind, yeah. The, the actual, yeah, the actual wins category. And so whenever I see somebody where I'm like, ooh, the market might not respond correctly to Montas being moved to a different team, I get really excited. And then it gets blown out immediately. I'm like, well, yeah. that was fun. You're always, you always think that you know what you're doing in wins. And then someone like um, Rick Porcello has... Yeah. As many wins as your two biggest aces because they're just unlucky. Yep. unlucky. yep. Listening yep. back through those pods, Brandon Woodruff, the Brandon Woodruff was like a little sad because you're we like, he's <laughs> got to bounce back in a lot of these categories. Nope. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Nope. I know. I know. You're telling, you're telling me it sounded sad. I know. Talking uh, myself into him. Well, the oh. Sandy Alcantara one of being like, he's not going to keep this up. I know. I know. <laughs> Our our early season predictions um, 
in general, apparently could use a little help. Well, the, I thought, thought the DeGrom one was sort of good because we were like still like, it's just Jacob DeGrom, so watch, watch out. I thought we gave good advice. I thought, for the most part, I thought we gave okay advice. If nothing else, we gave people something to talk about. Ranking hitters this week. Uh, we finished ranking pitchers last week. Thought that was very productive. And then we are going to do the same exercise basically on ranking hitters this week. You had some little goals for us here. Um, so I'll just say what I did. I pulled our model predictions. So there's an algorithmic ranking from that. I pulled in input from other fantasy experts, just aggregated, no looking at raw things. And then we kind of just shook that all up to make our own rankings. So we're going to talk about our two lists and how we merged them. And I don't know what's interesting about them. Absolutely. That sounds like a good plan. Let's start right off the bat here with one, two, three. Is okay. there a real correct or wrong order? No. Okay. No. And the algorithm said Jose Ramirez, Aaron Judge, Trey Turner. And I said, you know what? Fine. Go for it. Sounds See, good. I, I was willing to twist it. And because I think in terms of... So the algorithm... I think it really tells you like how you're going to approach the whole rest of the exercise is like... Yeah, well, I could probably improve one, two, three, even though it's a I'm well, farting into the wind. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Ah, ah, actually, that's <laughs> that's actually like upsettingly true. Because I was looking at this, well, I was thinking like you know the algorithm is cold and calculating and looks at this and loves Aaron Judge's home runs and loves Jose Ramirez's just all around everything. everything. And I was like, well, Trey Turner is probably could steal more than 30 bases i mean we have him for 27 plus minus 14 could he steal 40 yeah i think he could and that would be insanely valuable <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah but I, but you're right i probably i probably didn't need to do that but can we talk about the fact that in the fantasy rankings acuna is number one <laughs> right and that's where the that's where the cold and calculating algorithm i do actually like it's like you know you didn't show up last year acuna so 31 I, I, I know. I, okay, algorithm. Like, calm down a little bit. I know. Just I know. a little calm down. We do know that he's going to play a little bit more this year. So well, there were. I mean, there were a bunch up. of guys like that. They were like, I, the algorithm's like, who is this Julio Rodriguez guy? I can't forecast him for very much this year. Me and Julio. It pops him. I mean, there there are a few like that. I mean, the only other. Yeah. Do you, Do you want to start with the weird outliers, or do you want to talk about our agreement first? Uh, let's talk about our agreement first. Our agreement is actually, actually pretty good. So I'm just resorting this now based on our, our combined ranking. So one, two, three, Ramirez, Judge Turner in, in some order. Uh, let's trust the algorithm. All tied for one. Well, all tied for number two. <laughs> yeah, basically all tied for number two. <laughs> then we, then we have Otani, Acuna. We pretty much agree. We swapped the order, whatever. Then Bobachet, Juan Soto, Vlad Guerrero, Julio Rodriguez, Freddie Freeman round out our top 10. Your only switch yeah. is that you actually yeah. like Marcus Simeon, and the algorithm loves Marcus Simeon. He, he, algorithm didn't, doesn't look at, like, first half, second half. It's like, full season, showed up, yeah. did well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fantasy and this is like, I was slitting my wrist because I had Marcus Simeon on my yeah. team. Yeah, in the first. <laughs> but so year. I mean, look at look at the stat line that the I mean, the, so the algorithm loves him number five, right? And the algorithm thinks mm -hmm. you should be taking him number five overall because the algorithm looked at this and thinks, well, great, seven hundred twenty four plate appearances, which is the regression number, <laughs> which is insane. Yeah. That's the that's the plate appearance regression predicted number. Okay, 
In that just hold on. Like, let's, let's smooth this out yeah, a little bit. Yeah, exactly. We still 724. <laughs> nice. So, thinks 251. 29 home runs, 102 runs, 86 RBIs, and 20 stolen bases. I mean, that's like just a shade off of what it predicts for Jose Ramirez, who is number one. So, it makes sense mm-hmm. that the algorithm loves him for number five. Do you, I mean, are you buying this stat line? I mean, that would be crazy. I would pick him number five if I thought that was going to be the real stat line. Well, I didn't put him number five. I had him number nine. Um, sure, but I have him number last, 19. But last year, he was a top 10 guy. That's, that was what everybody was uh, forecasting him as, was a top 10 guy. And then he, he had a little bit of regression. But in a way, not that much. It's sort of new city, new place, new name, yeah, new phone, who dis? Like, <laughs> he's, why not? Why couldn't this be, be a year to be like, hey, some Mark Simeon show, Texas, generally... I, I think we should have some hope for, you know, you said what could be the next team that's going to do San Diego Padres thing. Yeah. And it's Texas. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. What about a guy where we are surprising outliers against the, against the spread, which is Boba Shep. Boba so, the model says number six. So it likes semi and more, but then Boba was there. And I just like, I kept on being like, I kept on trying to put people ahead of him and be like, no, actually, I might as well like Boba Fett versus Juan Soto. Even when you were saying yep. it, it really almost sounded like you were going to say Boba Fett and Juan <laughs> Solo. <laughs> oh, that's a good, it's a good pairing. Just basically, there is like all of a sudden what I heard is like, oh, I guess yeah, Tatooine. Anyways, so I mean, why I, not? Yeah, I I have them. We have them basically in the basically in the same spots. It's really interesting. So we kind of have Boba Fett, Juan Soto valued roughly the same. Between each between themselves, but the experts have Juan Soto way ahead of Bobichet, and I mm-hmm. I just don't understand. Like, what are they looking at with Juan Soto that they really like? I mean, we're for, we're forecasting Bobichet for a few fewer home runs, but way more stolen bases, and they're basically a wash on runs and RBIs. And Bobichet's twenty points higher in batting average. So wh- what? Well, that's a number. That's a number one. Is that Bobachet? We have twenty points better on average, but one Soto could end the season at three thirty. If a player, if one of the two of them was to hit three thirty, I'd put my money on Juan Soto. And not I mean, so the the model does not think that's a possible outcome for Juan Soto, right? So the model is two seventy two plus minus point three nine or thirty nine points. So the model thinks he's like, you know, three ten is basically his ceiling. I think that he's more likely to get. Higher than 330 than Boba Shep. Well, that's interesting because the model definitely does not think that. <laughs> I know, but this is this is a this is one of those problems of I think it's clear that Juan Soto is a, he is a better player. If he is to show up and be Juan Soto, capital J, capital S, I think that he's a better player than Boba Shet. But you know what the difference is? Boba Shet has showed up. Yeah. And he's played really well with his buddy Vlad. Yeah. And he's been just in Canada or in Buffalo or in <laughs> Florida, you know, wherever it is, he's just shown up and played, which Juan Soto quit on a team, yeah. won a World Series, quit on a team. <sighs> Who knows, you know? So that's that's the thing. But I think that you like if you were to ask if you were to ask a bunch of players from the past, they would have they would tell you like, oh, I I watch Juan Soto and he is a better player. <laughs> yeah, I mean I I don't. But dis- doesn't doesn't matter for fantasy, I right? I don't disagree with you. I think I like the fact <laughs> maybe maybe I identify with them. You know, like Bobichet's out there. He's like working really hard, right? He's showing up. Juan Soto is not 
obviously working hard, but it's clear that he has an insane amount of talent. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm here, here for the, the hustle, I think. It is interesting to me, even in the other guy that you threw in there is Vlad Guerrero Jr., who we're going to talk about more at, at the end of the pod. And I like him more than you do. Yeah, you do, but you still would take Bobachet over him. I think that Bobachet brings more that is harder to get other places. Oh, that's a good point. That's well said. Yeah, all right, you throw a couple guys that you're interested in talking about here. Well, I, I mentioned him over text massage. Um, Willie Adames. Yeah. Willie Adames. The algorithm loves him. Yeah. We've always had a soft spot for him. The pros, or I think the pros would say, we like him this year at 51, and algorithm says 22. We ended up at 26. Yeah. And it just kept on, it kept on trying to push other players ahead of him. And then being like, no, I, I would rather have Willie Adamas than Mike Trout, who we are out on. Exactly. The fantasy experts, that's exactly what I was just looking at. The fantasy experts would say that we are insane because we have Mike Trout at 29, basically, <laughs> right? And we moved him up from what the algorithm said. Yeah. I, the algorithm, I mean, the cold algorithm says, you know who hasn't shown up the last couple of years? <laughs> Mike Trout. Yep. He's pretty yeah, good if I mean, he plays. The algorithm is so, is merciless about playing time and it it Mm -hmm. it really says like you have to show me that you're going to play and produce or it doesn't it doesn't rank you well which bites us occasionally but it it does give you i mean we're very upfront about the product that we're offering in the sense that this is a thing that tells you how players did before and i mean this is the part where i guess we we talk about the historical guys that we can't possibly forecast that that nobody sneaks into like the top 75 which is i think the number that we're kind of really putting our weight behind but there are guys in the 100 range like around 100 where we start to not Ooh, it gets really tough rank them it gets really tough they don't yeah. appear in our thing in our rankings it's well it's, it's easy to keep track of michael harris a second like where is he yeah and it's like oh he's down at the algorithm said 186 mm. oh no let's get him up in the 30s here algorithm. but <laughs> algorithm hates michael harris michael harris a second I mean, you have to, I think that the other thing that, you know, I like about our, about this is that if you really don't buy our plate appearances, which to be fair, we worked pretty hard on this year and they're good numbers, but if you really don't like them, you can scale our other categories by it. So if you, if you really think like Michael Harris II is getting 600 plate appearances this year, I don't care what you say, then go ahead and scale everything up. But yeah, exactly. I will say in 441 plate appearances, he's, the algorithm doesn't, didn't love how he was used last year. So you also have to think, you have to think that something's going to be really different for him this year. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we, bu- well, I think, I think even a little bit more bullishly than you do on that. I mean, I really like him in general, but it, this is a total gut feeling. And I'm just going to admit that. <laughs> what position is he going to play? Uh, well, I'm hoping he plays all of them. <laughs> <laughs> all of the positions? But seriously, where, where is he going to be getting playing time? Um, I would say he's going to be in the outfield. No, right field. Uh, he could play all. He played. He played all fields last year. I think didn't he? Yeah, I guess this is what I'm saying is you don't just say to yourself like slot him into being center field for the whole year. Yeah, but I'm. Yeah, but I'm fine with that. He's so. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's actually bad. I mean, he's so young, right? He is 21. He'll be 22 when the season. He'll be 22 when the season starts. Yeah, I mean. Between sophomore slump and not really having the dedicated spot for him in, in the lineup, which is not 
it, it just shows you sort of like what the manager is thinking. Um, not the lineup order, but in the, out in the field, you know, I think that a lot of chance to get thrown around. So I, the 23 ranking, and I had him at 44. I mean, it's still high. I mean, he'd still take him over so many players. But I, I think that there's a real like you could miss out on anything this year with him. Oh, well, I agree with that. I mean, so Jason Hayward. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think kind of level. You, I mean, you really are the the believer in the sophomore slump, right? And there's nowhere to go but slump from winning rookie of the year. <laughs> MVP, yeah. Is he going to be the MVP? No, Acuna is right there. Yeah, the jerseys have his name on the back of it when you go into the shops. Yep, yeah. yeah. But we do. I, I don't know. I mean, you you have him less than the other number two. Cedric Mullins, you have, you have him doing better. I I mean we 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 actually kind of agree on Cedric Mullins. It, so I guess Michael Harris second is really just an outlier. A big big disagreement later on for us. Okay, let let's talk about Lewis Robert. This is okay. another guy in another guy in the rankings that is going to be uh, another another young guy in the rankings. I mean, you're hotter on him than I am. Mm-hmm. The algorithm is really cold on him. Like one one seventeen cold, even with four hundred and one plate appearances, two ninety three average, just doesn't. I mean fifty fifty across the board. But let's say you inflate fifty fifty runs, fifty RBIs. Let's say you inflate those by third, a half, a half, seventy five, seventy five. That's dangerous, right? Right. He but he's some. There there are players where I think of it geometrically uh-huh. with the model. Uh-huh. And there are players that I'm like, if this guy, if this guy does get to 600, he's breaking the model. And I think that's Luis Robert. And I think the upside of yeah. him is mammoth. But uh, well, I agree with that. I mean, it's kind uh, of the same. It's kind of the same case for Wander Franco, right? Yeah, but I feel the the opposite about Wander Franco is that he show he he's shown like like the Juan Soto piece of Juan Soto is like any era of baseball player will say Juan Soto is a very good player. Yeah. I think just about any era baseball player will look at Wonder Frank and be like, "Wow, that guy's good." Yeah, Luis Robert, I think, will not get. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. When you get the same exactly. Let's let's chat on the record for a second, and then we can we can start to wrap this up. Let's chat on the record about Fernando Tatis. Fantasy people are going to take him 19 overall. I just want to I just want to clarify. So when I did this, I mean I have him number 37. I really mean even in TGFBI, I wouldn't take him before 37 like a full season roto and i i think that i think guys are really gonna take him around 19 <laughs> and i have him at 49 yeah yeah and so I'm even, I'm even i was curious yeah i was gonna ask you that. what the what the assumption that went into your tatis was because i agree if you're talking about head to head where the playoffs wrap up a little earlier so you're seeing even less return right you're you're spending a ton to have a dead bench spot i could i could defend your number a little bit more than mine but I'm, I'm just curious what you were thinking. Yeah, I'm sort of averaging between... I'm sort of... My head is like sort of taking the average between 12-player um, head-to-head with playoffs and full-season rota. Sort of averaging those those two together because like in a in that head-to-head format, like I want him even less I, oh, yeah. than 49. He's, he's not my first five picks in, in a 12-team. Yeah. And but in like the TGFI format, it's like, well, taking a flyer, yep. he could accumulate, he'd be on my bench and then accumulate in the last month and a half a ton of points as he ramps up for the playoffs. 
But you don't know necessarily that he's going to be ready on the day that he's supposed to come back. I agree. I agree. And if he comes back, then he'll stay back. I I also agree. I mean, he did get injured. I'm not in saying the first that place. he's going to have a yeah the injury. I'm not saying that he's going to have another steroids thing, but uh, like that's a possibility too. He's he's really going to have to show me that he can produce. And the model kind of felt the same. I mean, even even so, I put him in for I put him in for 320. So assuming he's out half the season, these numbers, if you upscale these, are not that great. I mean, the model like just needs to see him do something. It's just not you need to show up. It's just not confident not in her. Yeah. One um, I was a little sad about, Ahmed Rosario, the algorithm loves. I like. I think that he's he's a fun player. Um, fantasy for him, 78. Now you... It's it's always good to do your own rankings because you should compare it to the popular wisdom and see, wow, I should just wait like two rounds <laughs> before I draft Ahmed Rosario, Ahmed Rosario because he probably still be available. Yeah, you can't just put your own rankings into the... And then run off them because yeah. you're going to get guys two, three rounds before you need to. Yep. You, I mean, you have you have to. ADP is just like this dirty agreed upon list to for mm-hmm. most everybody to draft from. <laughs> and it works until it doesn't. Exactly. Exactly. You. I mean, you have to break from it at some point. I'm sure the best teams all break from it at some point. Maybe that's the thing for us to characterize at some point. Ah, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Corbin Carroll. Do you, I mean, there there are players like this where. It, you see it, and you're like, the algorithm did not like him, but fantasy pros, experts do. It's, I mean, at some point, you have to... I mean, at some point, we have to defer to popular wisdom and beat writers and people that are out there watching Corbin Carroll play and, you know, hearing the Diamondbacks say, like, no, 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 he's, he's really going to be a thing. There's so much in that batting order. Oh, I know. That... that Diamondbacks batting or really know who's gonna, gonna I, I think play. That's a team that we I mean, a lot of these teams we have to really watch out for. I mean, I have a pin in, you know, three weeks into the season for us to go back and look at our lineup order, and we're gonna need to do that. And the Diamondbacks basically need to be the place that we start. Yeah, you didn't even think that they were gonna play. <laughs> yeah, I had, I had nothing. <laughs> no no team. You had no, no team no in notes. Arizona. What else is there to say? No notes in Arizona. <laughs> no notes. Uh yeah, no, this was a fun exercise. Um, I think that brings. I think that about brings us to the review session. Vlad Guerrero. Jr. Vlad Guerrero Jr. How do you pronounce his name? We held off on talking about him for, in you know, in depth and the rest of it. But we are, of course, reviewing first baseman this year, and we're going in off the board order. So you know, frozen today ADP order. Vlad Guerrero Jr. is is coming in first. Uh, 23 years old. In the last year, he had 706 plate appearances, 90 runs, 32 home runs, 97 RBIs, 8 stolen bases, 274 average. I don't know what one of those numbers I like the best, but I like like all of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And he looks like it. it. You know, there's some players where you see and you're like, oh, wait, he did? Yeah. But Vlad, you're like, hey, the name on the jersey says Helps. it. It's like, yeah, this, I, I'm pretty sure this guy could have a Hall of Fame career. But he—he he <laughs> just based on his name alone, he is a—he he is a bigger version of his dad. I mean, he—he's like a late career size Vlad Guerrero, right? Like early career Vlad Guerrero is more like a like a Barry Bonds wiry type. Mm, yeah, I mean, I, I would be interested to see the height wise. I think old Vlad is taller. He probably is, but young Vlad is six two two forty. I mean, he's a he's 
a, a square he's guy. He's thick. <laughs> yeah. Which is what makes it amazing that he stole eight bases last year. He's smart on the base pass. I know. He's one of those guys that just like, I mean, even David Ortiz got a stolen base here here and there. Sure. Yeah. I mean, but he he's a good runner. I mean, but even if you, so his sprint speed is only 34, you know, 34th percentile. <laughs> so, you know, he's he's got to do some work, but he, everything else about his hitting profile is, is fantastic. And I will say after reviewing pitchers for a year, it's fun to watch a guy take some cuts. Oh, for, yeah. It's, he's been a little while, right? Yeah. Vlad Guerrero senior was taller. How much taller? An inch-ish. Okay, got it. But, but, but I think I've seen the two of them next to each other, and it, it looks a little bit more like it's almost two inches, where I think that Vlad oh. Jr. is upping it, and Vlad Guerrero Sr. is probably like a solid sixth. And okay. Vlad Jr. is probably six. I, I like, I mean, I like, I like watching him swing. I like watching him up to bat. He does, I, this is the guy we're going to be talking about for 15 years, right? I hope so. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's hard to see how his trajectory isn't, you know, isn't continuous. I mean, if you look at his 2021 season, the shortened 2020 season, I mean, first of all, he's played, he played six, he played all games in 2020, played all but one game in 2021, all but two games last year. So, I mean, we got to forecast him for 159 this year, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. A- absolutely. This guy is going to be around for a while. It, what's great is he really is like just... A big guy who plays first base, hits the ball really well, runs decently well. I mean, he's he's the kind that's going to be around for a while. Whereas, like, the shortstop Carlos Correa type, who really knows? And for fantasy, fantasy wants a guy like Vlad. So we have him forecast for 35 home runs. Last year he hit 32. 2021 he hit 48. Are you taking the over or the under on 35? I mean, I already know, but I'm going to have to move it. The line. I'll move the line a little. I mean, I think I take the over. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think you take the over. So, the, so the question is, how far do you push the line? I mean, these these other numbers are really good, right? So we forecast him for 101 runs, 103 RBIs, six stolen bases. I, I mean, I think those are 283 average. I think those, I think all of these numbers are actually like pretty spot on for him. Just looking at what he did in the past. Yeah, that's what I'd guess for him. Which is exactly how the model's supposed to work. But I think so. I highlighted home runs because I think that's the one where I'm like, ooh. I think it's going to be a little higher than that. I do too. Yeah, I don't think he's going. To, I wouldn't take a anything. I wouldn't take anything over halfway between the two of those. So would would you if the line was forty? Thirty five. If the line was forty point five, where would you go? No. Okay, I'll take the over at forty point five because I think he hits forty point five. I think he can hit forty one this year. Okay, I'll probably lose that when I. Yeah, probably he's probably going to hit forty one. It's going to be right there for him. Yep. Yeah. What else is there to say on him? Honestly, not much. I mean, I hope that I hope that the Blue Jays have a stable lineup this year. They've historically been a very stable lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that they continue to be stable because I think that's benefited their guys. I think that playing in one stadium all year <laughs> will be helpful. Um, yeah. Do we know if Canada has... Uh, I mean, this sounds bad, but do we know if Canada's relaxed vaccine requirement entries? I mean, is everybody going to Canada this year? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't think it's going to be a huge effect for him but it is true that if some starters can't come to canada it does change things <laughs> yeah it makes it even better for him right yeah exactly so i don't know i mean i think i i hope to see a lot of stability in in toronto this year i think this team is only gonna get better i mean you have two guys that we both agree are in the top 10 <laughs> you know on the top of your lineup that's pretty good and they've got a pretty good pitching staff yeah. 
and they're actually trying. Yeah. So I think that's all all encouraging that the Blue Jays are trying to win or, and are going to actually get, you know, because it's there are teams that have like a couple of players and don't do the things that they need to do to get to get to the wins that they need to get to, which I think trickles down to things like this. Right. To a player like like Vlad could lose out on 30, 40 at bats, plate appearances, whatever, because the team is mismanaged or doesn't really prioritize winning. Right. And I'm not worried about that here. Are you worried at all, to close, worried at all about his spray chart? The fact that he only hits home runs to the opposite field? or he nope. No, he's a pull hitter. Sorry. He's a pull hitter, yeah. No, I think that guys make a career of that. He hits the ball hard. Okay. When he barrels it, like the barrel percent looks good. Hey, hard if, hit, 94. If you're not worried about it, I'm not worried about it. He gets infield hits everywhere. He does get infield hits everywhere. I mean. So he's clearly like if he want. I mean. It helps when he hit the that, ball really the hard. The question is for you. The question is there for you. Are you worried about him being able to get... Because in 2021, his hit spray chart, his home runs were less heavily weighted towards that, yeah. that left field. So so that might be... His average might 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 suffer if he more home runs. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess he, he is also kind of a... I don't know. I don't want to immediately start to regret my... Uh, <laughs> immediately start to regret my over-under. <laughs> Who are we doing next week? We're going to talk about Freddie Freeman. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Mind This. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions and comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too. Yeah, you-